0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome into Plazons Podcast. Today, we have a phenomenal show for you. We've got the World Cup. We've got this weekend's news. We're talking NFL power rankings, what teams I think are in no man's land. We're talking my freezing cold takes. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Glitchy Analysis and Freezing Cold Takes. And also, Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Check out their website for online takeout and delivery deals Right now, they've got a large one topping pizza for carryout for just $7.99. Thank you so much to Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Now, let's get right into it, okay? We've got the World Cup. Messi, certified goat. Argentina beats France in extra time with penalty kicks. It was 3 3 tied. Argentina ended up outscoring France 4 2 in the final penalty kicks. It was so unbelievably awesome to watch. It was probably the greatest soccer game of all time. And like I said earlier, Messi has certified himself as the GOAT, undisputed. There's nobody that has more Ballon d'Ors. There's nobody that has better statistics, nothing. Rolling off into this, he's going to roll into retirement in peace. Okay, let's talk about the other side. Mbappe is the best player in the world right now. Man, put up a hat trick in the World Cup, the first one since 1966. I could not believe with what I was watching with my eyes in the last 25 minutes of extra time and in regulation. He put up three goals from like minute 78 up until minute like 117. I, It was incredible. He controlled every part of the field. He played better defense than I was expecting. I was just overall very pleased with his World Cup performance. I would love to see another World Cup just like this. I thought it had great storylines, Cinderella's favorites, underdogs, and last but not least, Messi finally got his. Love to see it. Next up, let's talk about these insane finishes in the NFL. Okay, For starters, we had just an incredible pick six in overtime. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Dallas Cowboys in overtime after an incredible 27-10 Comeback! The Jacksonville Jaguars picked off Dak Prescott and ended the game in style, 40-34, to an incredible finish to such an awesome comeback from the Jags. They've positioned themselves now to maybe get into the playoffs. If they win out, they win the division. Next up, we had the Chiefs, who just edged out the Texans in overtime. This is back-to-back weeks now that we've seen the Texans actually perform like an NFL team. How crazy is that? You've got a team who can compete. Phenomenal. Anyways, Mahomes didn't really have a bad game. The Chiefs defense played pretty poorly, but the Chiefs got bailed out in the end. They had a Davis Mills fumble that set them up to kick a field goal to win the game. They decided to go ahead and clutch it up with a Jarek McKinnon touchdown to win the game in overtime, but that was an awesome game to watch. Next up, we had probably the most upsetting, crazy win of all time. The Patriots lost to the Raiders in regulation. It was 24-24, to 24, and they decided to do a lateral play as time expired. And the Raiders picked off a lateral pass. Chandler Jones picked the ball up and took it all the way in the house. Not to mention, he got to stick his big old hand right in Mac Jones' chest and shove him to the ground as he took it to the house. Raiders winning in absolute Pandemonium. They blew a massive lead yet again. It was another 13-point blown lead. And everybody thought, here's the same Raiders team that doesn't know how to finish. And they finished that game without even having to go into overtime. Awesome win for the Raiders. Horrible loss for the Patriots. And that's just three. We've got three more games to talk about. The Colts and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan did it again. He blew a 33-point lead. What in the actual hell 33 to 0 and the Vikings decided to come back and win that game 39 to 36. I my mouth's just on my jaw is on the floor. What in the hell was that? That's okay because we're gonna talk more about the Colts in a little bit. Now these next two wins were like phenomenal wins in another weekend but now they just look ordinary compared to what we just saw. The Bengals came back after being down 17 to 3 and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers had four consecutive turnovers and the Bengals turned a blowout loss into a blowout win. This is just going to show just where Tampa is at as a team, but I think nobody wants to see Tom Brady at all in these playoffs. I don't care if they're 6 and 8, I don't care if they're 7 and 10. I still think with a home playoff game, they can make some noise, all right? And last but not least, we've got the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills playing in a really cool snow game. Everybody expected Tua to come out and not do well. Now, he didn't perform great, but he performed well enough to put Miami in position to win the football game late. That's all that matters. Buffalo was able to edge Miami out, but it was an awesome snow game. It ended up having an over-under of like, 30 something and they scored almost 60 points it was really cool to watch i was a fan of the ending of that buffalo game now let's talk a little nba news over the weekend it was announced that stephen curry is going to be out for a few weeks now what does this mean for the golden state warriors okay right now the warriors play two road games they've got the knicks and the nets in the next couple of days and then after that they've got eight home games But what are they going to need to see to actually stay in the playoff hunt? They're going to need to see the all-star version of Jordan Poole. Guess what? He gave it to them this weekend. Yesterday, he put up 43 points and shot 60% from the field. Now, my God, where has this Jordan Poole been all year? Now, he did say in a press conference a few weeks ago that, you know, it's because he's on the bench and the best defenders are still on the floor when he comes off the bench, and all they do is clamp him up because there's nobody else on, on the Warriors bench that has the offensive firepower that he does. Now that he's with the starters, he says that he has a better chance to actually put up points because he won't have the best defender on him every single time, and that makes sense. I don't know if it's an excuse to put up the poor performance that he's put up so far this year, but hey, so far he's right. He put up 43 with the starters. Now, the Warriors just need to survive right now before Steph Curry comes back. they have probably got to play about 10 games without him, two on the road and eight at home. I think they can get somewhere around the 500 range. They could really be, if they could win six out of the 10 games, that would put them in a great position for Curry to come back and give them a final push towards the playoffs. Now, I think Steph is going to be well-rested after he comes back. There's not a lot that you cannot do with this shoulder injury. The only thing you really can't do is like upper body workouts. But what he really needs to focus on in this rehab is obviously healing his shoulder, but also staying conditioned. And that's, I think, pretty easy to do with the shoulder injury. I think that the Warriors have a really good chance of making a big playoff push once he comes back because he is the leader of this team. And there has been a massive motivation issue. Okay. You take him out of the lineup and you get desperate like that. And then he comes back rejuvenated You've got a Warriors team that can make some magic heading into the playoffs. I think that's awesome, okay? I think the Warriors will end up making the playoffs, but it's all going to depend on how long Curry's out and how Jordan Poole and the rest of that team responds while he's out, okay? Let's get into our NFL power ranking. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles at number 1. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you yes or no whether or not these teams are going to even compete for a Super Bowl. So we're going to go number 1 and then we're going to go 10 to 10 to 2. So we're going to go in reverse order. Number one team for me, Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is the most complete team in football. Now, Jalen Hurts did have a slight injury. I'm not going to let that get in the way of these power rankings. The Eagles, number one. Number 10, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they've got to get healthy with Lamar Jackson. There's not really a 10th best team in the league right now. This is a really top-heavy race this year. I don't mind it, but like I said, there's not anybody that I could see taking that spot. Number nine, Miami Dolphins. They competed in the cold. They competed on the road. I liked what I saw. They still lost, but Tua didn't play nearly as bad as I thought. I could have hoped for a win here, but I'm not going to knock the Dolphins off my list because they lost a close one in the snow in Buffalo on the road in the middle of a grueling season where they just played the 49ers and the Chargers. Okay, Let's get back into it. Number eight, Minnesota Vikings. Now, statistically, since week 10, they have the worst defense in the entire league. And the question comes down to can they compete for a Super Bowl? No. Why? You can't have a really bad defense and then expect Captain Kirk Cousins to bail you out. Okay. Now, Justin Jefferson was in and out of that game on Saturday with some injuries. Those don't look like grueling injuries, but they're injuries nonetheless. And do I trust Captain Kirk to get it done without Justin Jefferson? Hell no. Do not trust this Minnesota Vikings team. They let the Colts go up 33-0. to Now the Colts blew the lead, but that says more about the Colts than it does the Vikings. Number seven, Los Angeles Chargers. Seems like they're kind of getting their, their stuff together here. And they played a, an okay Tennessee team. They beat them, but it wasn't a, a convincing way. They didn't do it in a convincing way. I was not a fan of the way they won, but we're going to get over that, and we're going to put them at number seven. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl, though. Now getting into my Super Bowl teams, number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I know they blew the lead to Jacksonville, and they lost in overtime, but Jacksonville is actually on fire right now. I still think that Dallas is a really good team. I think they can make some noise come to the end of this season. They're not going to win the division, but guess what? doesn't really matter. I think that they can dominate any team that they play in the four seed. And guess who it's going to be? I think it's going to be Tampa. Am I counting Tom Brady out? No. But I have my money on Dallas. All right. Back to my list. The San Francisco 49ers. This team is unbelievably complete. They would be my number one team, except for the fact that they have an almost undrafted rookie at quarterback. Brock Purdy, a.k.a. Mr. Irrelevant, has performed fine. Adequate. I don't buy it. There's no way they're winning. There's no way they're winning more than a few playoff games. Now, I have them as Super Bowl contenders solely because of how good this team is. If Brock Purdy can just put up average stats, they'll probably get to the Super Bowl. But I would put more money down on the Dallas Cowboys to make the Super Bowl than the 49ers. But at the same time, that being said in a regular season game right now, I think the 49ers are better. Now, let's get back into the let's get back into the list. Number 4 Cincinnati Bengals, this is probably the best offense in the league, and it's not even close. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are the best wide receiver quarterback duo in the NFL. It's not even close. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, no. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, no. Now, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, maybe, but I'm not counting Kelsey because I said it's quarterback wide receiver. Okay? Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, best duo in the league. The Cincinnati Bengals, what do they do differently than they did last year that I thought was their kryptonite? They play physical offense and physical defense. They know how to run the rock and stop the run. Very impressed with the Cincinnati team. I don't know if I can trust them to get all the way back to the Super Bowl, but I will put them down as Super Bowl contenders. Number three, Buffalo Bills. Great win against a really good Miami team on Saturday. I was very impressed with how Josh Allen responded to a lot of pressure. I was very impressed with how he responded to being down He did well. He performed well. I was at home, but I think this Bills team is really, really good. I don't know how well they're going to do without Von Miller, but I definitely can see them getting to the Super Bowl, especially with them having this number one seed as of right now. Now, number two, the Buffalo Bills kryptonite, Kansas City Chiefs. This Chiefs team looks excellent. I think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP for now. He's got to play some really bad football to have me think otherwise. I love this Kansas City team. The defense is starting to show up in, in spots. Okay, They're not performing their best, but they get turnovers when it matters, and they get sacks when it matters. That is what makes a good football team heading into playoff season. I love this Kansas City Chiefs team. I would have them at number one if I didn't love the Eagles roster so much with Jalen Hurts. So, number one, Eagles. Number two, Chiefs. Number three, Buffalo Bills. Number four, Cincinnati Bengals number five, the 49ers and number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Those are my only six Super Bowl contenders out of all of these playoff teams. Now let's talk about some honorable mentions in the, in the power rankings. I love the Detroit lions right now. I cannot believe they are seven and seven and they honestly are probably getting in the playoffs. Can you believe that Dan Campbell was talking about getting fired and he's got these lions right here, right now. Now, I'll go back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast. The Jacksonville Jaguars, if they went out, will win the division. They control their own destiny. And Doug Peterson, he might not even be a really good coach, but guess what he's not? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was terrible. An absolute cancer for this Jacksonville Jaguars team. I'm so glad he's gone. As a Jags fan, I never want to see his face on television again. Okay? Now, let's get into some teams that are in no man's land. And by no man's land, I mean they don't have a quarterback. They have a really high cap hit right now on their roster, and there's not that many draft picks that they have to make moves. Okay, Number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett has not looked like that guy. I think he has more interceptions than touchdowns. Not to mention, he's been injured. He's in concussion protocol right now. He had some other injuries earlier this year. Him and Mitch Trubisky are battling for a starting spot. You know that your team does not have a franchise quarterback when they're battling with Mitch Trubisky. All due respect. Look, there's also not much cap space. In their receiving core, ever since they traded traded, uh, Chase Claypool, it's not great. I don't think this Pittsburgh Steelers team is going anywhere. Their defense is okay, but it's not great in spots. The Carolina Panthers were able to drive the football on them. I don't know if you're going to be a good team if you let the Panthers drive on you. Okay. Next up, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has got to go. Retire him, trade him, do anything. But I don't think they have the position to do that, so I think they're stuck with him. And with him being stuck there, their cap space is also in the mud. They have no wide receivers outside of maybe Christian Watson. Their running backs are good, but they've underperformed this year, and their defense is overpaid and overhyped. Thank God they didn't pay Zadarius Smith because that would have been a disaster for this putrid Green Bay team. They're stuck. They're not going to lose 16 games a year. They're not going to win 10 games. They're out of the playoffs, and they're not in the top 10 of the picks. Next up, it's like they're never going to learn their lesson. Indianapolis Colts have got to stop the QB carousel. Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, uh, Jacoby Brissett, none of them are going to win playoff games. And I don't know how they can't see that. Okay? There's also a lack of weapons. And there's a lack of healthy players. Let's talk about their four best players on the team. Michael Pittman, Quentin Nelson, Jonathan Taylor, and Shaquille Leonard. All four of them have missed extended time this year. When are we going to see them get healthy? When are we going to see them play together? I don't know. That's why they're not going to lose too many games to get them into a position to get another quarterback. And that's why they're not going to win enough games. Because they're a good team. They're not a great team. And when you have a good team that's not healthy, you've got a team that's going, I don't know, 6-11 and 11, and getting the number 9 or 10 pick. You're not getting Bryce Young. You're not getting C.J. Stroud. So you've missed out again. And there's definitely not a top-tier free agent quarterback in the market this year that's going to even consider coming to Indianapolis. All right. And now we're going to get in to our freezing cold take. We are revisiting this, okay? This is a freezing cold take that has gone from simmering to boiling hot. Okay, we're boiling it up. I mentioned a few episodes ago that Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State was a death sentence for HBCUs. And here we are. Jackson State has got eight players, eight starters already entering into the transfer portal. Okay, they lost their bowl game in heartbreaking fashion. And there's some kind of analogy here about how the insides of the building get pulled out before the walls collapse, but I just want to go ahead and say this. I do not condemn Deion Sanders for leaving Jackson State. He is his own man. He gets to make his own decisions, okay? But let's speak frankly. When he arrived at Colorado, he met with those current Colorado players, and he bluntly stated that he was bringing in his own players, and if they wanted a chance to play, that they needed to enter the transfer portal. He said that, quote unquote, he was bringing his own luggage, and it was Louis. Okay, I I don't blame him for saying that to the Colorado players, but like I said, here he is speaking frankly. Okay, now let's speak frankly about what something else that he said in a leaked video to the Jackson State team. He said, "You are either elevated or terminated as a coach." Let's apply that logic to HBCUs. These HBCUs are either elevated. Or they're terminated. And for the last three years, Deion Sanders has elevated this Jackson State team. But now, he has terminated these HBCU teams. They, The HBCU league, the SWAC, has just lost a great leader, a phenomenal recruiter, a box office hit, somebody that could attract funding, players, buildings, constructions, contracts, you name it. He left. That's being frank. It's not that it was wrong, but now these, these HBCUs are going right back to where they were, the bottom of the pack of college football. Now, once again, it's going to take a lot more than just Deion Sanders to change these HBCUs. And in my opinion, this has got to change. I would love to see HBCUs perform at a high level, but it's not going to change until we see coaches, players, investors, donors, Presidents, athletic directors, leave other programs and go support these HBCUs. It's going to take a lot more than Deion Sanders, his sons, the number one recruit in the country, to do that. But I do congratulate Deion and this Jackson State team on a phenomenal season, a phenomenal last three years. Okay, It's been incredible what he's done over the last three years. He has shown that you can do something in building a program at HBCU, HBCUs. And if that's the lasting impact that he's had at Jackson state, that's an, that's an awesome thing. So good luck to Deion Sanders in Colorado. I guess we're going to see what he does. He's had a lot of transfers already commit to Colorado, which was pretty impressive. And that is going to do it here on plizaltz podcast for the day. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.